Welcome to the Happy Mama podcast with Amy Taylor Cabaz, weekly inspiration, wisdom, and insights into how you can be a more mindful and happy mama. And welcome, beautiful mamas, to episode 40. For me, the more I travel along this journey of mamahood, but also of connecting to myself, the more I want to simplify. I just want to get rid of the clutter and the noise and the excess in my life and come down to what's important, the priorities and the things that are really important to me and my family. And I know I'm not alone. Just recently, after traveling through Darwin and Kakadu, when I shared on my social media about really wanting to simplify in my life, I know so many of you were putting your hand up saying, yes, me too. It's everywhere I look at the moment. It's like our busy, overindulgent lives are really starting to grate against what we really want for ourselves and our family. So I am so excited about today's podcast because I know when we want to start making changes in our life, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like it's too big. How do I have time to do that anyway? I don't even get to brush my teeth in the morning without someone interrupting me. So today's interview, today's podcast is really, really inspiring in that way. I'm speaking with Laura Trotter. She is a mama to two young boys and lives in Outback Australia. And what she has done and has created in her own life and now shares with other mamas is a way for us to really become self-sufficient, she talks about, to being really sustainable and holistic and live our lives more in line with what we really want. So I'm so excited to hear about Laura's ideas today. Good morning. Good morning, Amy. I'm really thrilled to be on your wonderful podcast. I love listening to you week in, week out. Thank you. I have to say, when I first was looking at everything you do, you know, my, my little inner soul was calling out, oh, yes, I want to do that too. There's just this feeling, isn't there? I bet you you see it so much of women at the moment in particular where we really want to start doing things differently. We want to step back from this consumerism, this busyness, this clutter in our lives and connect to a different way of living. You're so right there, and I hear that from women that I work with all the time. Our homes are clutter's the biggest one, and that's the one that we see the most. And it generally comes in the shape of toys more than anything <laughs> for us mums. Like the plastic toy invasion, it is so real. But it's not just in not just that too, because our lives have just just seem to be getting busier and busier. And you know, often as mums, we reach for items of what we think are more convenient but they add to our waste and they add to you know this way of life that we don't want to be living and we we want to live a simpler more healthier life that's in tune with our values that's more sustainable that's not as wasteful that's maybe not as extravagant or cost as much money to live um, but some of us are just stuck in that rut of where to start and just of we're chasing our tails and just really can't necessarily get off that you know, that mouse wheel and, um, yeah, and, and look for, for tips on where to start and, um, yeah, just find the time to start as well. But definitely that everyone's feeling that call to just live a lot simpler. It's amazing. I really am inspired by how many mamas agreed when I, when I shared this recently. Mm. 
I really want to spend some time in a moment talking to you about this process of of becoming a bit more sustainable or just making changes in your life and in your family and in your home that feel really good and empowering. But first, let's talk about you (laughs) and Mm. your journey as a mama, but also your journey of coming to this place where this is your real passion of sharing this knowledge. Take us back when you moved from very corporate life and a big city to the Mm. outback and what that triggered for you. Yeah, well, I guess it was a very long journey. I actually did grow up in the country. I grew up in eastern Victoria in, in Gippsland in a little town called Sale. So I did have a childhood that was spent outdoors. So I developed a really deep connection to nature at a young age. And we went on lovely family holidays to the high country and the Gippsland Lakes. And I was a girl guide. So we did a lot of camping and things like that as well. So it was only really natural that I, I had a really deep respect and a love for the environment and I was also very good at my maths and sciences and, and loved that sort of aspect of schooling. So I fell into a fairly new career at that stage called environmental engineering. So this is over, you know, I think it's 20, 21 years ago this year. I went, I left home at the age of 17 from the country to move to Melbourne to study study engineering and I just I was I hit the right degree straight away I loved everything I was learning uh, I, I scored um, a great scholarship with with a minerals company because I was doing quite well in my studies even though I was a country student and I was maybe partying a little bit more than um <laughs> you know than the city kids who lived at home and I had part-time jobs jobs to help pay the way through uni but I I still managed to do quite well because I just loved and was passionate and um, that that involved me working vacation work for two summers at the end of my second and my third year degree. So I did both of those stints down in Tasmania. So when I graduated, I, I, I accepted a job with that company and went back down to Tassie. And then after a year, I was moved up to this brand new zinc mine in northwest Queensland near the Northern Territory border, 250 kilometres northwest of Mount Isa, about 100 kilometres just south of the Gulf of Carpentaria. So in the middle of nowhere wow. in a mining camp, just in a donga, so like a tiny room um, with about 800 people with about 770 of those men <laughs> as a 22-year-old in this remote part of Australia. I worked there for four years with a lot of Indigenous Australians as well in some of the most spectacular um, countryside and also up in the Gulf of Carpentaria because we had our port site up there where we used to ship the concentrate and it was actually at that mine where I met my um, my now husband so we were friends for a few years and and then we um, yeah we we got together and um, yeah after after living in I was studying my master's of environmental chemistry at the time too and from at uh, JCU in Townsville and flying in and out of Townsville after a little while um um, we couldn't get jobs in the same place, so but we both managed to get a job in Outback South Australia at the largest industrial site in Australia, Olympic Dam. So I, I got a senior environmental engineering job there and I had a team of um, environmental engineers and scientists under me. So I moved there at about the age of 27 and with my then boyfriend. And, um, yeah, I loved my career. I ended up working in the minerals industry for 11 years um, when we were in Roxby Down, so we we ended up getting engaged and we got married, and then we um yeah were trying for a family, which didn't didn't come easily. It, it took um we had to get a little bit of help to become parents. But for my entire life, I'd had um always wanted to be a mum, and my husband was the same. 
and um, yeah, we were living in remote Australia. This is still really hard to share because it's something very personal and not something I talk about a lot, but we did end up having fertility treatment and having to travel um, 600 kilometres one way to Adelaide for that wow. um, while I was still working at a very senior level then at, um, at Olympic Dam. So I'd loved my career right up to that point, um, right up to the point of having to go and get treatment and have it disrupt work so much. And then once I, we did fall pregnant um, with this much longed for wanted baby um, and I struggled with a lot of the physical aspects of pregnancy, but I, I was blown away with how, struggle, how much I struggled with the emotional aspect of it and my changing identity because while I'd been a bit of the golden girl out on this industrial site, um, ready to step into the upper management, I was actually at that time brought into the leadership team meetings for my apparently out-of-the-box thinking and stuff like that to, to help them on things. But I was, yeah, one of the highest females on that site. Um, and I'd worked very hard for that. I'd started, you know, worked in remote remote Australia for my entire career, you know, working with the guys, living out back in Adonga, studying another master's. So I'd worked really hard for it and I loved it. But when, um, when I was pregnant, that all kind of changed. I had a boss who got very, very... um. Um, old-fashioned boss take me off training had that you're going to be leaving the company and I'm like no I want to I want to work part-time and and be a role model for other women you don't have any mothers on the leadership team and in management maybe I can be the first one and I thought I do want to be the first one but at the towards the end of my pregnancy I thought this is so hard even while pregnant how am I going to make this work when I'm a mum and you know what I really want to be a mum I don't want to be you know half you know all my the different feet in different camps and if i in and by then they said it's full-time or or at that level or nothing or oh, we wow. can step you back down a few levels and i'm just like oh no i haven't worked this hard to have stepped back down um i, I mean I took my maternity leave but while i was pregnant i came up with the idea to start my first business so but yeah, i did struggle a lot with that identity change um and I think I struggled for a, a long time, but really well pregnant. And when I was really worried, you know, I'm losing my career. What can I, you know, and very upset about it, mind you. But at the same time, really wanting to be a mum. I was really quite conflicted. So that's amazing. Thank you yeah. for sharing that yeah, with us. Thanks. Because I think at the core of it, so many of us struggle with that identity because it is such a big part of who we are that we've built this mm. study career life you know when you look at your sense of self before you feel pregnant that role that pioneering role that you were playing would have been what almost your whole sense of self yeah I'd say maybe not all of it because I still kept up a lot of my hobbies I still played netball and we had a lot. Uh, um, my husband and I had a show on the local community radio show, and oh, how gorgeous. and things like that. And I, you know, I'd exercise, go to the gym, and have friends. And mm. I mean, I. Uh, but I would say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to talk myself out. No, I would say my identity was definitely wrapped up in my career. I'm not gonna, yes. I'm not gonna lie. It definitely was, and I, I had, I gained a lot of, I had a lot of respect. Oh, yeah, very well respected mm. in that. And it can get a bit addictive. You have these perform performance reviews at work. You do really well. You get rewarded. You get a pay rise or you get a cash bonus or something like that. And, um, wow. yeah, it, it's very hard to then – well, I found it hard to step off. Um, but then by the, by the time I was 28 weeks pregnant, I was 
I could barely get to work. I was that miserable and not wanting to go. And um, I challenged myself. I said, look, Laura, you've just got to come up with another idea and you're not going to go back to that place. You you want flexibility and this job can't give you flexibility no matter how much you're trying to get it. You're really 10 or 20 years ahead of the time, so you've got to, you know, come on you're a smart girl come up with something and then that was when I had my idea to start my first online business which was called sustain a baby um, which I don't own anymore I sold it at the end of last year so it was one of the very first um, eco um, parenting's retail stores online but that was still very much in tune with my, my strong environmental um, values so I was looking for eco-friendly baby products for my child I lived in regional Australia and didn't have access to shops so I was obviously using the internet and there was just that gap there just wasn't that place that had all the amazing natural baby products in one place I know it's changed a lot now we're talking seven years ago um so yeah I created that that one of those first shops and it did very very well and um I've passed it on to a new owner Um, so looking back at that process of having to really kind of discover a new sense of self, a new value system within yourself, almost um, also kind of like a new reward system, isn't it? Because as you said, when you're used to being acknowledged and um, being a leader and being respected amongst your peers and that's all taken away, obviously the success of your business would have contributed to that. But if we look within, how did you move through that massive transformation and change do you think um yeah I don't I don't think I managed through it very well I I didn't really reach out to help I just sort of just sort of rode through it myself I was very fortunate that my first baby was a very calm happy settled baby um so I was able to it was kind of um not juggle I was able to ease fairly easily start my new business while having a baby because he, he, you know, he did sleep a little bit or when he was awake, I didn't have to spend hours settling and basically. So, and he brought me so much joy. He, he just smiled, he beamed and I just loved being with him and I, I knew like this is where I want to be. So I had that fire in my belly to get my my business working because I couldn't, couldn't leave my baby and I didn't want to have to put him in care to go back to work. I thought, what was I thinking a few months ago going back? You know what I mean? Seriously, what was I thinking? Mm. Um, and I obviously really wanted to breastfeed and I worked hard and got that established. We had some issues there initially. I don't think my milk came into day 10. Oh, um, yeah, but luckily my mum, my mother's a midwife and lactation consultant, so I, we SOS her and she came down to um, Melbourne where I had the baby because we couldn't, we couldn't have... Um, even despite the town I live in having the biggest, highest birth rate in South Australia, you can't have children here. You've got to travel. Um, oh, wow. Of, like, yeah, so still the population's fairly small. So my first child I had in Melbourne where my sisters are and um, my second child I had in Adelaide because that was just easier then. Hmm. Um, so that's 600 kilometres away. So, um, yeah, anyway, how do I move through it? I don't. I think my, my business helped to really fill that gap. Yeah. I know that sounds a bit tricky that, you know, I kind of think, oh, maybe I should have just been able to, you know, just just um, enjoy just being a mother. But I did um I did struggle with that and I did um I found having that having something else that I could grow at the same time just helped. And I I actually think because I was so wrapped up in my career for so long, I kind of think maybe if I didn't have that, that's 
I would have really, really struggled um, postnatally um, with maybe maybe with depression if I didn't have that other thing that I could grow and, um, you know, this, yeah. I'm, I'm sounding hard on myself now, and I'm saying I should have no. just been happy with my baby. But I, I um, I needed something else to trans- help me transition to motherhood, and my career, and my business helped me to do that. Particularly because I was working with other mothers and helping them make sustainable options for their babies at the time as well. I love your honesty, and I think, I mean, personally, my experience was exactly the same. I needed something at home which takes nothing away from the pure joy I felt of being a mum. But for my sense of self, I needed something that was beyond just being a mum. And look, there are some mummers out there who are completely fulfilled with just being a mum and there's never any judgment about which one is right or wrong, is Mm -hmm. there? But I love your honesty about it. And what I think the message I'm getting from all of that is that um, you acknowledged the changes that were happening within you. You knew that okay, I, I need to leave my work, but I know I'm going to need something else. And you created something that worked in with what you needed now in your life. And I think that's really empowering, inspiring. Thank you. Oh, thanks. I think you, I think you put it a lot better than I did that, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love doing podcasts like this. We think <laughs> yeah. we're going to start off talking about growing your own vegetables and we uncover something so much more beautiful. Thank you. Um, but I do want to speak a little bit about this idea of living a sustainable life a self-sufficient life at no matter where you live either in Australia or around the world I'm sure but um, because you have a beautiful new program called self-sufficiency in the suburbs I I guess Mm. you probably could almost call it like a membership program Um, and it's so inspiring mamas please have a look at the website I'll put the link in the show notes as well but you look at everything from reducing your waste to reducing the energy you use, of course, the food that we buy and the, the packaging that that comes in. It's, it really is a holistic way of living. And it's something that, you know, I was thinking as I was looking at it, the mummers that work perhaps full-time or part-time and have so much going on in their lives already, is it something, if, we, if we're being called for that simpler, simpler life, is this something that we can do even with everything else that's going on? Yes, and I will say yes because the very first module in the program is all about how to run a self-sufficient household and that's where I share a lot of my my best tips on how you can get started, get other people in your family on board, but also how to start reclaiming some of your time. And I know, I mean, I know you've covered this topic in a lot of your podcasts, Amy, too, just about learning to say no but it's also, you know, I, I take the mummers through how to work out the household and the lifestyle they, they want to have and then starting to slowly just let go parts of their life that aren't in tune with their values or or what they want to be. And I think not your last episode or the one before, you were saying some of this might look selfish to other people. Mm. Remember you had a quote, uh, I think it was in your chat with Michelle, and it was, um, but it, it, that one really hit home for me. It's like living very true to yourself and it is it will involve you saying no to the things that don't serve you or your family, um, but that's totally okay. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's a learned skill. I have to learn to say no to. And in the program, I talk about how I've 
that journey's looked for me too and and where I was three years ago actually I you know my journey from starting sustainability moved on to me running two businesses and having another child and and all of a sudden I was chairing the local business forum for three years and I was a publicity officer for the early learning committee and all these other things and then I thought my gosh what have I done now um and then I started saying no so I stepped off committees and I I sold my first business and I just kept the business that I really wanted to um to 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 dedicate 100% more to mm. and really light me up. So simplifying my life and um, but I'm so much happy now. And in that process, we found the time to start organic veggie gardening again because there was about a two-year period in there where that stopped. And my husband and I both love getting out in the garden just every single day, even just five minutes, water some seedlings, pick some cherry tomatoes and get that burst of vitamin D from the sun and just so much happier. So... Wow. It really is about simplifying it, learning to say no, but then um, all the different topics we cover, just getting you started or taking you to that next level if you're keen to learn more. Mm, amazing. We're mm. going to share details about um, the program and a special offer you have at the moment in mm. at the end of this podcast. But before we go, I really want to ask you these three questions about motherhood in particular and um, and get your thoughts on this. So... First of all, what has motherhood taught you about yourself? I think it's really taught me how strong I am. So I guess this goes right back through our, uh, you know, our birth stories and our, uh, those late night feeds and things like that. So back to my birth story, it wasn't what I wanted. I, I ended up having transverse lie babies, so the ones that swing around. And um, obviously, I'm very strong into natural living and sustainability, and I wanted a natural birth, but I, I, I couldn't have it for safety reasons. So I had um, cesareans, and at that time, I just had to trust. You know, trust. Sometimes it's trusting in others and trusting in your body as well. But deep down, I knew things were going to be okay. Um, so, and just having that strength, I think you know, cesarean mamas are just as strong. You know, mm -hmm. sitting up on that operating table and having that needle go in your back and then lie, lying down and just knowing that this is out of your control but you're still you know still there I think that takes a lot of strength and a lot of trust so I learned that very very early on my first day of being a mother um, acceptance um, it's taught me but it has taught me how strong I am and I was a breastfeeding mother so every single feed in the middle of the night you know what I mean it's like you just it's like an ever ready battery you just go on and on and on and on but um you just have that strength to keep going on and on because you're you're needed so i think um i've just really learned how strong i am and even when issues have have come up so you know my eldest isn't too happy at school at the moment for separate reasons but you know you're the mum i go in there and you're you know you're you're being strong for him and helping to sort this out like someone's relying on you um yeah i've just kind of realized just how much more more stronger I am than I ever gave myself credit for. Mm. I want to say thank you for talking about a cesarean birth like that. It actually oh, made me a bit teary listening to you describe oh, that wow. because I, um, I personally was more terrified of a cesarean birth than anything that I, only because of that exact moment that you spoke about where you are on the operating table and they're about to do this and to have total acceptance and trust and you know belief in everyone around you in that moment it takes so much strength and courage and I think that all the mamas that have been through a cesarean birth for whatever reason that was just listening really 
are secretly, silently saying thank you for that moment because oh. that was truly lovely. Thank you. Oh, you're, you're, you're welcome. And I, I will be honest and say I was gutted when I, like it was a day before when I was told I had to have a cesarean because he'd got himself into some frank breach position and I was holding out hope right to the end, you know, mm. that I wouldn't be the case. But um, I was in tears. But then I, I, I actually, and I will share this with your listeners too because it might have help them. Anyone that's had a birth that hasn't gone the way they wanted, I created a little saying in my head and I had, you know, um, birth is the wedding day and parent or motherhood is the marriage. Wow. So that's what I created, told myself, and I thought, you know, this is this is right. This is just a wedding day. Like we can spend thousands and thousands on our wedding day and you know, getting the beautiful dress and the, the beautiful food at the reception and spending our time with our friends, but that's just one day. And at the end of the day, the wedding day doesn't count. It's the marriage. And it it's doesn't determine what type of marriage no. you're going to have either. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't determine your marriage at all. So the type of birth he has doesn't determine how good a mother you're going to be. So I thought oh, I'm just I going to, that. you know, this, and I think that little saying helped me heal from, you know, that disappointment of a birth. And, um, yeah, but I thought I'm just going to focus on, you know, being the best mum I can be. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. I think I'm going to be telling that story a little bit. So if you could go back and tell yourself one thing before you embarked on this mummerhood journey, what would it be? Okay, I'm going to tell myself that it will all be okay and, and just don't worry. Um, like I said, when I was that pregnant mum working at that, you know, in that industrial site, in that masculine, masculine environment with no other pregnant women around me, um, I was... I was scared of losing that in scared of losing that environment, and I look back now and I, I think how naive I was. Um, but I was I was just scared. Um, I wasn't so much scared of becoming a mother. I was scared of losing that identity. Wow. So I just want to tell myself it's just all okay. Um, actually, things are going to get so much better. <laughs> so if anyone's listening today, that's still very early on in motherhood, or maybe they're not not a mother just yet, or hoping to be mother. It's like you can step into that role and you grow as a mother as well. But there is one other thing I want to tell myself is that, you know how I said, um, you know, birth's the wedding day, um, motherhood's the marriage or parenthood's the marriage. Um, I think I, I, di I did also with my first child especially just launched myself into motherhood with, you know, with that same vigour that I've attacked everything in my life and, um, you know, just trying to be, do it the best I could and I guess, fell into a bit of perfection parenting mm -hmm. and I, again I look back at myself and roll my eyes because you know um it's another little saying I have is that just that perfection isn't sustainable it's not sustainable in the energy sense and into you like it just leads to burnout and misery but in the environmental sense too and this is what I tell all my my students is just um don't be if you're trying to create a sustainable and eco-friendly home just don't aim for perfection because it's not sustainable you have those days where you know it's like you're eating a perfect diet and then you have a binge day and then you beat yourself up about it and you know carry all this guilt and you're so hard on yourself it's just let's just go for being that 80 20 let's try and you know be you know get that 80 percent of where where we want to be mm. Yes, yeah. it's so true. So yeah, tell myself perfection isn't sustainable too. So I was a, I let I let a lot of that perfection go when I had my second child, who was a very unsettled baby. So I learned a lot of lessons mm -hmm. um, <laughs> from Christopher. That um, again, I'm a much much happier mother and a better mother now because of that 
those um, experiences. They are our best teachers, aren't they? Totally. <laughs> They're so wise. <laughs> Little people are so wise. But also they choose us. You were meant to get that very settled baby first and then the very unsettled one to just shake up that sense of self a little bit more. <laughs> just bring me back down to earth. Exactly. <laughs> so finally, what does being a happy mama mean to you? Yeah, it means two things. It means, um, again, not losing my identity along the way and staying true to myself and my passions, which I think I've managed to do really well. And I look back now and I'm really proud with how I've been able to to be the mum that I want to be but also keep my passion of sustainability alive. But I'm not working with big corporates anymore. I'm working with mums, um, which really lights me up. And I actually think I'm having a bigger difference in the world because of that, because the, it's the way we live and improving the way we live that's going to change the change the planet and, and let, you know, create a healthier world for our children and grandchildren. So I'm really happy with that. But it also means um, I've had to, and we haven't spoken about it too, a lot on this podcast, um, but I know you do with a lot of other, with your other guests, is really um, that self-care and filling my cup. And I've learned that again throughout my motherhood journey um, as I've gone along, that I, the more that I look after myself, the more that I prioritize taking some time out, um, you know, going to yoga, going for a walk in the sunshine, just enjoying a nice cup of tea and sitting down and enjoying it, um, the better placed I am to look after my family. So these days, um, I, I do that a lot, but I'm actually going to a, um, a yoga meditation retreat this Sunday for six hours. And it was yesterday morning I was thinking, oh, gee, can I really afford to do that that time? And then I listened to your podcast yesterday, the one on coming back to yourself and then, and how hard it is for us to make that time, like for mums to take like a day out or a few hours. And I went home, I thought, no, I'm going. <laughs> it's been, it's <laughs> been on the calendar for six weeks anyway. So it's locked in and, and my husband hasn't put something over the top of it. So, um, yeah, I think I'm definitely learning how to fill my own cup too. That's it's definitely been a learned thing as a mother. It is, isn't it? Mm. Perfect. And I'm so glad my podcast helped squash that guilt of making that time for yourself on Sunday. <laughs> I also had a bath with a cup of tea last night too. I hadn't done that for a couple of months. So your podcast shaked me back to, yeah, I'm having a bath and I'm going to go to bed early and journal oh, and I'm brilliant. going to my yoga retreat. Oh, that's so just made that. my day. Excellent. Oh, no, thank you, beautiful. That's been such a lovely chat today. And um, so mum is... Before we go, I want to tell you that Laura's got a, a great offer for her program, for her membership program at the moment, which is self-sufficiency in the suburbs. It's If you join in the month of October, it's only $1, isn't it, Laura, for the first yeah. couple of months? Sure. It's $1 to test it, test it out for a month. But in that, in that test, you get access to the first three modules. So it's how to create a self-sufficient home. You get the second module, which is called Beyond Whole Foods. So it's really um, a look at sustainable eating and, and food. So the food we eat, and I'm, I talk about becoming an ecotarian. So don't be too scared if you're a meat eater. It's not about giving up with meat. It's really about looking at the food, where it comes from, how it's produced, and um, like stretching things like meat out or choosing sustainable options So and a lot of recipes. So you get access to that one. And then the module three is getting into the garden. So we talk about how to get started and just start to grow by planting one thing. Um, yeah, so that $1 special gets access to that. But, of course, if you stay on, after that it's $19 a month and you get you learn how to create a waste-free home, a resource-savvy home. You learn how to um, to introduce more productive pets into your household. So, 
you know, animals like chickens or worm farms. I call them pets that contribute to the household a little bit more than a conventional pet. And, um, yeah, just modules like that. So, um, yeah, I'd love to have your listeners on board. And it's a lovely community of of, um, mamas, sustainable mamas. And, yeah, we've already got um, a couple hundred in there. So it would be great to grow grow that even more and get this word out and get this movement happening. And, of course, we'll have in a couple months' time, we'll start having um, monthly uh, eco-challenges and and guest experts coming into the program to share their wisdom on um, how to build a sustainable home as well. Amazing. I'm going to be jumping in. It's exactly yes. what I'm looking for. So thank you so much, beautiful. I will put all the details of how to join in the show notes, mamas, but please have a look. And if you want to have a look at the website, it's selfsufficiencyinthesuburbs.com. Yes, just dot com. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing all your insights today. It's been amazing. Thanks, Amy. I've loved chatting with you. To find out more about being a happy mama and subscribe to this podcast, please visit Amy's website, www.happymama.com.au.